0: I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online, or you might be listening on our podcast at some point during the week. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? It's great to have you with us. We consider you a part of this church family, and if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? This message title is called Salt and Light. We are called to be a salt and light to this world. And I want to go through some really cool stuff that I hope will not only encourage you and feed you with scripture and feed your spirit and fill you up for the week, but that this would not just fill you up so that you would hold it, but that you would give it. That's what being a salt and light is all about. I want to look at Luke 19 verse 10. This is the red letter words of Jesus for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the purpose of why Jesus came. I love that. And it's our desire here at Hope Covenant Church that the lost encounter God in this room and that the lost encounter God outside of these four walls, that the lost encounter God because we take what happens in the presence of the Lord outside of the temple and into the world. It's my goal as your pastor to equip you and to provoke you to understand that the work of the Great Commission is not just for me as a pastor, but it's for every person here. Who are the full-time ministers of this church? It's every person sitting in the seats. The day of, of, man, a pastor's up there. We're going to cut our tithe check and watch him do it. That, That was never a functional church model anyway. What we're all about is that it's the, I'm here to do one thing. The purpose of the church, believe it or not is not just for altar calls and for salvation. It's that I would equip the saints, the people of God, that come into the house of God to do the work of the ministry. I'm here to equip you and build you up and load you with Scripture so that you could take it outside so that we could see a lost and dying world come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's a good time for you to say, Amen, I agree. Amen. So outrage is the calling and is the assignment of every Christian. You know, I've heard for years, people that get religious go, oh, well, he's got an evangelistic call. That's great. He's called to minister to people. Can I just debunk that for a second and say we're all called to be evangelists? We're all called to outreach? The Great Commission is not limited to somebody with a specific calling. It's it's for every single Christian, and that ought to be a burden. I was, I was literally praying about this this week, and I started weeping over some things, and I believe by the end of this message, you'll be there too. But I started weeping over the lost, and I, I was asking the Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Why am, I, why am I feeling this? And he said, it's my heart that every Christian would weep over the lost and have a conviction when I wake up. All of hell should be frightened that I woke up because I'm going to load heaven with people. Man, that's a good word. It's a good time for you to shout me down. I need an excited church this morning. Outreach is the calling of every Christian. It's the assignment of every Christian. The purpose of the church, again, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. In Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. So today, I want to equip you and provoke you in the area of evangelism, which really needs to be important to each of us. Today, I want to give you four reasons that we need to share our faith, and the first one is we share our faith because this is the ultimate calling in life. This is why we're on the planet. This is why you're here, to spread the message of Jesus. At first, it's all about finding Jesus, and then once you've found Jesus, it's all about sharing Jesus. Amen? Amen. Matthew five verse thirteen to sixteen in the message, and I love this version. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I want to pause right there. When I go to a restaurant, if there's not salt on the table, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, where's the salt at? Okay, I I love salt. Okay? And probably too much. I'm sure if I were have in front of a doctor, he'd say, chill. I tried switching to Himalayan salt because, can I get an amen? Himalayan salt's just awesome. But nonetheless, I, I am more of a savory guy than a sweet guy. I love salt. Salt accentuates the flavor of food, it brings out the flavor. If you have a steak and you put a little Himalayan salt, can I get anybody that just felt the Lord right there? Like, right, we can go home right now. Everybody's like, lunchtime, let's go. Salt accentuates. We're to be salt. We are to accentuate the flavor of Jesus. That's a good word. It was a really good description. Sorry. (laughs) Let the lips of another praise you and not your own lips. Sorry, I'm just I'm kidding. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Oh, man, the message just like spills it out there. Verse 14 to 16, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light. Bringing out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm gonna put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Church, everybody say shine. Shine. That's your goal, that's your mission. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. Don't be fake. Be candid with... Listen, nobody nobody wants to see a perfect Christian that they can't achieve that level. No, no, it's candidness. It's being honest with people. Can I tell you, your challenges will far more reach them than your perfection. Yeah, 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you. Thank God, because I need that. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Can I tell some of y'all that are working on your repentance... You're working on getting right with God, and the enemy comes and whispers in your ear when you're in that process, all of the, the making you feel like you're the scum of the earth. Look, it's a process that we walk through. Shut the enemy up. Tell him no more, and get in the presence of the Lord, because you know what? It's a, it's a slow-cooked process, and you're doing better than you think you're doing. I want to encourage you this morning as your pastor. You're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. This is God's will for our life and for every person but everyone would come to repentance. Number two, we share our faith because people need the Lord. Guys, listen, at this church, we believe in preaching heaven and hell and that they're both real places. You're going to end up in one or the other, which is why I encourage you to press into Jesus. It's why I encourage you to get to know the Lord and marinate in the Holy Spirit because he'll tell you the things that don't please him that are in your life, the things that, that maybe you're struggling with. And his kindness, he is so kind, it will lead you to a place of wanting to walk holy. It'll lead you to repentance. People's lives are in the balance, and we have a lot of work to do as the church. If we don't have a burden for lost souls, we haven't embraced God's heart. And that's why I believe this message is a life-saving message, not just for the world, but for us, that we embrace this. In John 3, verse 17 to 18, again, this is the message God didn't go God did not sorry God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger thank you Jesus for that telling the world how bad it was he came to help to put the world right again and anyone who trusts in him is acquitted thank you lord like zero balance right there anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it people need the lord We share our faith because people want the Lord. Without God, people are miserable. Have you ever noticed that the most miserable people out there are people who don't know the Lord or people who have walked away from the Lord? Man, I've seen some backslidden Christians. They're some of the most miserable people. When you mix religion with filthiness, it's just nasty which religion is filthiness anyway. But it's just gross. I go, man, I could tell by your joy that you haven't been spending time with the Holy Spirit because you got none. (laughs) You go, well, you know, and and by the way, word of knowledge, you don't have any anyway. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. I run out of joy the minute I wake up. That's why I press in the Holy Spirit. Go, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit that we can get the joy of the Lord. That's where we get peace. That's where we get joy. That's where it all changes. Why encourage you Marinate in the Holy Spirit. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. He, this is referring to God, has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, and check this out, this is, this is amazing. He's put eternity into man's heart. What that says is even atheists, he's put eternity into their heart. There's an instilling of the fact that you know there's life or death. I've seen that atheists are some of the most scared people. They won't share it. It's like, oh, I believe in nothing. Really? Do you believe that? Like, think about it. Well, let's just go ahead and debunk that right now. You believe what you don't believe. So there you go. I love how Jesus is welcoming in and offering life and salvation to all of humanity who embraces it in John 10.10. Again, this is the message. I just love the message for, for these verses. I came so that people can have real life, eternal life, more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. Can I tell you that it's not perfect when you accept the Lord, but he will give you a better life than you dreamed of because man makes his plans, but God ordains his steps. So you might think you're headed in a certain direction and God does a, a, a different turnaround than where you think you're going. But you know what? It's going to be better than you dreamed of. If you would allow the Lord to do a work, I can promise you where you'll end up. You'll go, aha, you'll have that moment of revelation and go, oh, he's a good God. And you ought to declare that when you don't understand it. If you can declare it when you don't understand it, I promise you that moment it will go quicker when you just, I surrender all that we just sang. That's a process. I want to be known as a church here at Hope Covenant where we don't offer religion, we offer relationship. I'm not interested in religion. I'm not interested in just knowing about God. I want to introduce people to a living God who's here. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means when you come in with a need, the Lord can meet that need. He can meet that need. He will meet that need. He will meet that need when you press into him. Matthew says, we knock on the door, and he answers. He's accessible. Aren't you grateful for an accessible God? We share our faith because I once was lost. And we all have a story. At one point we all should be able to point to a moment where we embraced and we accepted Jesus. My hope is that the lost see our relationship with God, they see us worshiping, they see us, they see us going after him and go, man, those people, they're crazy, but I want what they've got. That's my goal. When people walk in here, and I I could tell when I'm behind this keyboard sometimes, I'm leading worship and I see people walk through the door and I go, that's awesome, This little shock there. They're, they're, you're going through a little culture shock. These people are crazy, but they see the joy and they, they see the, the heavy chains that are breaking off. They see when we're looking at impossible situations and we're worshiping through them and they go, that doesn't make any sense. That in and of itself is a witness to the lost. When we have peace that goes beyond our ability to understand, And we're submitting our questions to the Lord. Some of you came in here. You got questions for God. I got questions for God. Lots of questions. But surrender is submitting my need to understand at the feet of Jesus. There's somebody I'm talking to that that's ministering to you this morning. Submitting your need to understand. You need to submit your need to understand. Understand. When we display love, guys, when people walk in the door of this church or you're at Starbucks or wherever you are, and I've got a story I'm going to share with you about this a little little bit, something that happened to me, kind of similar to what Patrick was sharing, a challenge. I'll share it in a little bit, but it's amazing what happens when we demonstrate the love of Jesus and how it can reach people. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all as we serve a loving God. So how can we effectively reach the lost? The Bible talks a lot about us not just being Christians, but being transformed by God. You know, I'm not after somebody just praying a prayer here at Hope Covenant Church, and that's it, they're saved. No, I'm, I'm into the transformation process of seeing Him not only become a Savior, but becoming a Lord. A Lord tells me what to do when I submit to His authority. I say it all the time here at Hope Covenant Church. We're not just looking for a savior. Everybody loves a savior. But we need a savior who becomes our Lord, that we walk in the obedience of Christ Jesus because that's where the crooked paths are made straight. That's a good word for somebody in here who's struggling with obedience this morning. So how can we effectively reach the lost? The Bible talks a lot about us, again, being transformed when when people see me over time, the reaction should be over a period of time and and it shouldn't take forever. Like Adam's a different person. What, what's going on? You know, his responses aren't as snappy as they used to be. He's not as much of a jerk this year as he, I remember him back in this year. What happened to him? It's a transformation process. The closer I get to God is the more I look like him. And if that's not happening, I'm concerned about the demonstrate. Listen, I I'm we're a spirit filled church, and I believe in in a prayer language, and I believe in carrying the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you if if you can Robo Shoto, but you don't demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, you've got your you've got your principles backwards there. We we ought to look like the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Transformation means less of me and more of God, so I should look less intolerant and less fleshly, and more patient, and more reflecting the character of God. Living God's way will lead to peace, and our peace is a great testimony that can lead people to Christ in and of itself. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Another version in Galatians explains it like this, and I love this. This is the crux of it. Joy that overflows... We should have a joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. My God, I mean, patience and enduring, those two words right there. Yeah. Kindness in action, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength in spirit. Yeah. When people see this list displayed in our lives, it's like, they're like, what's up with that? Why is this person acting so much different now that they have Christ than they did before? Because there's a transformation, and uh, so going into this story of what happens, I, I, I've shared with you. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, we had, by the way, Keith last week, amazing. Um, did an amazing job, but the week before I, I, I shared with you that I got a Jeep and I'm all about this Jeep, all about the Jeep life. And uh, so I was taking my Jeep through the car wash this week and uh, I put it in the car wash and uh, they, they this car wash, this specific one that will remain nameless because I actually like it. Um, they, they, they take your Jeep and they ask you to get out and you walk through and you pay and they pick it up and then they drive it through where they wipe it down. Well, it went through the car wash and I was watching it. I always like to watch it go through. There something like medicinal about that for me. And it went through the dryer and then it spits the car out. And I noticed it spit the car out, but there weren't people there to receive it. And so I'm seeing it roll forward. And I'm like, well, I mean, they're like, there's a long line before it gets to the curb. So I'm like, you know, certainly these teenagers will get it. Um, (laughs) And uh, nothing to do with them being teenagers at all. It just, I'm, I'm thinking they're the, that's the age group. Anyway, enough of that. Move on. Um, and so the Jeep keeps rolling, and it's rolling for a good three minutes. And it actually rolled all the way to the curb and hit the stoplight at the end of the curb, rolled over the stoplight, rolled over the curb, and down the hill. And I watched it completely destroy the bumper and the fender. And I'm thinking in that moment, not in the spirit, I'm thinking lots of things that will remain nameless. And I see the teenagers all like running after the Jeep, which is about to go into the next parking lot, which it eventually did. And so, guys, it was like a Mr. Bean movie. I was like, what just happened? So the manager comes up to me and he goes... Well, uh, we're gonna pay for everything. He puts his hand out like this. We're gonna pay for everything. He's expecting me to go off. And I said, okay, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, just check yourself. You're a -A -A (laughs) C-H-R-A-S-T-I-A-N. Just keep this in your mind. And I'm responding. And then the owner comes out and he goes, pastor, I'm so sorry. And I, I heard the word pastor in the back of my mind, but I was so like distracted and I went, oh my goodness, this guy knows me. He knows I'm a pastor. Thank God. I did not react the way I felt in that moment. Yeah. Thank God there's the spirit of the living God in here because I'm obsessed with this Jeep that's now destroyed and I got to get body work done. Anyway, long story short, um, I, 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 ended up. he ended up knowing me from a church that we worship pastored at uh, in Concord. And, uh, and we ended up talking and he was super nice and they paid for everything. And you know, the favor of the Lord is amazing when you handle things God's way. I went to the dealership and guys in this economy, in this moment where there's like so much shortage on things, they had every part that I needed. And the next day it was completely fixed with brand new parts better than ever. That's God's way of saying, love you. Thank you for handling that my way. It's amazing. The favor of the Lord that follows obedience. But he thanked me, and he called me after it was fixed, and he said to me, you know, I know you're a pastor because I sat under your worship leading, and and he was super nice about it. He said, but thank you so much for being kind because we're short-staffed, and right now in this economy, it is so difficult to find quality people. And I, I said, I pastor, I understand. Not that y'all are not quality people. I said, I understand because I see the needs and I see the, the flesh and I see what's going on in the world. I see it clearly. That's excluding all y'all. <laughs> this won't be really clear before somebody walks out the door and goes to the, the other church down the road. But you know, it's a practical example and I think it's so important that we all check ourselves through because guys, you never know what happens. The, the Bible's really clear, he works all things together for the good according to those that love him. And and I, I want to tell you, he does really work all things together. He gave me an opportunity and I ended up ministering to this dude. And I ended up, he was really emotional on the other end of the phone because he has had a week that was challenging. And he actually said to me, I feel the Holy Ghost. Isn't that amazing? how God can work something like that to his benefit. Wow. I want to read you this and this is going to be on the screen. I want my life. And this is my prayer for each of us. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me, but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. Can I read that again? I'm holding back tears as I read it. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. That's the life I want to live. That is so easier said than done. Because the reality is I'm human. And I have flesh that loves to come up. But how many of you know that living in his lordship is all about you conquering the flesh with his spirit? That operates in and through you. See, your spirit has got to command authority over your flesh, not the other way around. Well, I'm preaching better than your amen, in, but that's all right. This is God's plan for our lives. We are his ambassadors. That's our purpose. So how do we be salt and light? And now I'm, I'm wrapping up here. It's not, not re- going to be real long, but I just want to equip you with this. How do we be salt and light? Guys, we got to recognize the moments God gives me. Like moments in the car wash when my Jeep is wrecked and I'm going, oh my, holy moly. Wow. God, what are you trying to do? Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Do you trust that? Do you trust that when things aren't looking good, your steps are ordered by the Lord? You know, there's moments you have to declare that when things don't look good. Go, my steps are ordered of the Lord. Oh, it doesn't look good today, but my steps are ordered of the Lord. Check this out, Proverbs 16, verse 9. In their human, uh, I'm sorry, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. You might be going through a challenge, but is the Lord establishing your steps? Is there something you don't see that God sees that you need to be sensitive and go, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? I'll answer that question and say, Yeah, you need to be sensitive. And ask the Holy Spirit. Stop trying to rush through the now and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you trying to do now? Because if you're like me, you always want to get to later. Maybe I should have had now and laters and given them out to all of you so you remember that. Where is the creativity, babe? Number two, how do we be salt and light? Refocus the manner in which I live. This is the whole reason I will never have Hope Covenant bumper stickers on the back of cars. Yeah. <laughs> I've, how many of you have ever been cut off by somebody on 485 and there's a church bumper sticker and you're like, oh, bless their, bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll never give out Hope Covenant bumper stickers because I know how I am, so I can imagine. You know, it's just like I've, I've always said that. We'll never do that. It's not part of our marketing. I'm joking, but not really. <sighs> Some tactics in reaching the lost for Jesus. Number one, we need to be positive and not negative, yeah. Yeah. guys. When you're feeling negative, be positive because you never know who's listening to you that that's going to reach them. That's no matter right. how we feel, yes. we don't have the luxury of walking in the flesh. Right. We need to find common ground and not battleground. And man, that's that's, that's we need to go there, find common ground and not battleground. There's enough division in the world right now. Find common ground. And I'm going to give an example, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 22, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. Also, let's show interest in their perspective and not rush to share ours. Let me give you some mind-blowing statistics Jesus in four gospels asks 307 questions. That's a lot of questions. Definitely Jewish. <laughs> asked a lot of questions. That's a Jewish trait. If you know a New York Jew, that's a Jewish trait. He was asked 183 questions, of which he only answered eight. So, Selah, think about that. Jesus 40 times more listened than he proclaimed. If I want to be more like Jesus, I got to learn to just shut up sometimes. That's a reality. Jesus 40 times more listened than he proclaimed. Think about that. My math is good there, right? I I tried to like work all this out, you know, to make sure my math is good. What would the church look like if we actually applied that? And I'm not saying you have to agree. Just listen. Just listen. It's important that people want to be heard. That's a great evangelistic tactic. Listen to their story. Show interest and not rush to share yours. Paul handles this like a pro, and I want to check out his approach. Paul went to a completely secular city in Athens where they worshiped idols. Check this out. This is mind-blowing. In Acts 17, verse 22 to 23, notice how Paul didn't call out these idol worshipers and say that you idol worshipers. No, he said it this. It is, it is plain to see that you Athenians take your religion seriously. So notice how he compliments their desire and pursuit. When I arrived here the other day, I was fascinated. He didn't say agreed, but he said he was fascinated by their tenacious worship, even though it was to a false god. Little g. (laughs) He compliments them on it. Their dedication. With all the shrines shrines I came across, and then I found one inscribed to the God nobody knows, I'm here to introduce you to this God, big G, so that you can worship intelligently and know who you're dealing with. So he introduces them to the one true God with such an amazing diplomacy and tact. He doesn't come in and criticize them, and say, y'all a bunch of sinners, you're going to hell. No, that wasn't, it wasn't Bible thumping. He actually said, you know what? I see you worshiping to other gods and I want to compliment your dedication. Now just do this to the one true God. And that's right. wow, that's right. That's right. Yeah. you know, we often criticize people for their lifestyles, but you know, they're dedicated to something, even if it's maybe like, uh, for example, th- there was a lady at a coffee shop that I walked into the other day. She was a psychic and she was giving her psychic word to some guy. And I was in there, and she noticed me, and she was very distracted. She didn't know what was going on. She felt the power of God was going on. It was messing her all up in her, you know, false prophetic word. How many of you know that a psychic, it's just false prophecy? It's just counterfeit what actually is prophecy? So she probably has a prophetic gift. I guarantee you she does. But I said to her, I said, hey, you know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm prophetic too. Really? Yeah, so you're a psychic? No, no, no. I mean, I have, I have a psyche, but I'm not a psychic. I believe in the power of God, and I started sharing with her. She goes, that's, wow, that's fascinating. I didn't criticize what she was doing, her tarot cards and all, whatever she had. I don't know how that all works. I just know it's demonic. And it's just counterfeit for what God wants to do. Because I believe that the Lord does give out words. It's, I mean, he did it in the Bible, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'll do it today. I mean, we've demonstrated that here at this church. Paul introduced them to the one true God with such an amazing approach. And another tactic in reaching the lost, show patience, not pressing. Don't press people with, with, and, and let just introduce them to God. You know, let the Holy Spirit do the work. When you see somebody who's got some things jacked up in their life, you're not heaven's high sheriff. You don't have to point it out. Pray for them. And when they come to you, Alex, I say this all the time, unsolicited input is the worst kind. So maybe you ought to, instead of trying to give instruction, just work on building relationship and let your life and your character do the convicting. Let Holy Spirit do it. You don't have to do it. Second Timothy chapter two, verses 23 to 25. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A.K.A. Republican Democrat. We, uh, look, I don't get involved in political. I get involved in kingdom. When the Bible says it's right, it's right. When the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. That's why I was clear to show you where I stand on Roe versus Wade and say, look, this is an issue of righteousness or unrighteousness, and we stand for life. That's a good time to give God a shout of praise. That's where we stand here, this church, because we believe in life and godliness. So show patience, not pressing. Avoid stupid, foolish arguments. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Holy God, I'm going to drop the mic. We can all go home right there. (laughs) Be patient with difficult people. Y'all be patient with me because I'm difficult you know what? We ought to look at the person in the mirror and go, you're difficult. Love you, but you're probably the most difficult. So before you take the splinter out of somebody else's eye, you take the log out of your own. That's right. That's good. Yeah, that starts with me right there. Gently instruct those who oppose truth. Gently, can I read that again? Instruct those who oppose truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Because it's his kindness, not you being a jerk, it's your kindness that will lead them to repentance. So check yourself before you wreck your ability to reach that person. And the last tactic in reaching the lost is show unconditional, show unconditional love, not conditional love. Can I tell you, I see some of the most mature Christians need to work on this. That write people of God off, saints, brothers and sisters in the Lord, write them off and don't show unconditional love. The Bible's clear all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So before I judge them, I need to look at me and never judge them. Let's leave that up to God. Love doesn't have to approve it, approve, it just accepts. I can accept you without approving of your lifestyle. One of the biggest questions I'm getting right now as a pastor is, where do you stand on homosexuality? And here's my answer every time. We believe in the union of one man and one woman. That's what we believe marriage is. So do you do homosexual weddings? We believe in the union of one man and one woman. Well, what defines a man and a woman? Watch Kindergarten Cop and you'll know. I just went there. Watch Kindergarten Cop. It'll clear it all up for you. We need to be a place where homosexuals can walk in and encounter the love of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a place where we judge. This is a place where we equip. This is a place where we provide encounter. And when you encounter God and you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost, he'll do the work so I don't have to. One moment in God's presence will do what I can't do for 50 years of preaching to somebody. That's a good time to give God a shout of praise right there. Because you can have relationship with somebody for years and years and years. But one moment in his presence and boom, they're changed. So I'm going to take you... Come up here real quick. I'm going to take you and I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. I don't need to talk to you about all your issues and all your flaws because that's a marital blowout anyway. I'm just going (laughs) to introduce you to Jesus. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, I can help you down. Okay, boom. There you go. And number three, how do we be salt and light? Relay the message of hope to a broken world. When we were starting this church and the Lord said call it Hope Covenant. I was actually just going to name it Covenant Church and if this is a repeat story for some of you just get over it. <laughs> but because I believe in covenant relationship with Jesus and covenant, it's an agreement, a covenant relationship with each other. I believe in that community, common unity and the book of Acts that if you're not familiar with that, that was Pentecost happened and it was brothers and sisters in the Lord that were, they were united together and God breathed on them and there was this tremendous revival that, that blew up and I'm believing that that can happen again. I believe that we're gonna see an end time move of God, a harvest that's far greater than what we even read about in scripture because scripture actually says that. So, and I believe scripture. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping and, and, and I'm really believing that that's going to happen. But when I was naming this church and it was, I was going to call it covenant church. The Lord said, no, there's a generation that desperately needs hope to call it hope covenant. And that's where the name came from. It's literally that simple. And, and that's what we're all about. We, we've got to relay the message of hope. Jesus, when I grew up, we, we, we had a, a church, and there was a sign on the outside on the wall of the church that was uh, out by the New Jersey, uh, the parkway, right? It was called the New Jersey Parkway. I forget what I I've been out of there for a while. And it said, Jesus is Lord on the side of the building. You know, I see a building in our future that it says, Jesus is hope on the side of the building. Because there's a world that desperately needs to know that Jesus not only gives hope, but he actually is hope. He is hope. 1 Peter 3, verse 15 to 16, this is our last reading. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Revere Christ as your authority. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. In other words, be equipped with that. But do this with gentleness, and my God, respect that person. Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I want to close with a, a poem that I pray BECOMES THE STORY OF EVERY PERSON IN HERE. AND EVERYONE, IF YOU HAVEN'T LISTENED AND LOCKED EYES WITH ME, LOCK EYES WITH ME NOW. WE'RE GOING TO PUT THIS ON THE SCREEN. THIS IS MY PRAYER FOR EVERY PERSON IN HERE. THIS poem: WHEN YOU ENTER THE BEAUTIFUL CITY, AND THE SAVED ALL AROUND YOU APPEAR, WHAT A JOY WHEN SOMEONE WILL TELL YOU, IT WAS YOU WHO INVITED ME HERE. THAT'S MY PRAYER. That that would be the testimony and the story of every person in here. That there would be thousands and hundreds of people that would say, thank you. It was you who invited me here. It was you that took me and were kind and loved me when I was the scum of the earth. So baby, it's okay. I get it because I was there. And through Christ, he saved me and he redeemed me. And through his lordship, my testimony looks like this. It was the work of the blood on the cross that changed me. When you enter the beautiful city and the saved all around you appear, what a joy when someone will tell you, it was you that invited me here. Every eye closed all across this room. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. If you're here this morning and this is a foreign concept. I want to invite you to just slip your hand up. Or if you don't want to slip your hand up. You want to come see maybe me and Liz after service. And say I need to know more about how I accept this guy named Jesus. If you're watching online send us a direct message. We want to be in touch with you. We want to talk with you. We do care. But guys. Here's my prayer for every person in this room. Father, I ask you that your glory and your character and your nature would be the most contagious thing in the world. Lord, in a day where we just dealt with two years of COVID that spread like wildfire, I ask that your presence a hundred times more would spread to every person in this world. We ask you for a stirring of our heart this morning, Lord. We cry out that you would stir us for the lost. Convict us, Jesus, as we go about our week, Lord, that you've given us businesses and spheres of influence for the purpose of your kingdom, for the purpose of spreading the gospel and spreading your character and telling everyone we know about you. Every person listening on the podcast, every person listening online. Jesus, convict us that we would walk in gentleness, that we would display the very nature and the very character of who you are, that we could see your kingdom and your church expanded. Anoint us with your gentleness and your character and your kindness. In the mighty name of Jesus. With every eye closed, I just want to take a moment. And I want to pray a blessing of peace over every person in here. Father, as we press into you, I pray that this week would be peaceful. I pray that this week would be productive. And I pray, Lord, that we would have divine encounters with every person that is intended to be, Father, that you would direct our steps and that we would spread the character and the nature of you in the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe that. Would you shout, amen? Amen. Yeah. Guys, did you get that? Did you feel that this morning? It's important that we have these reminders. Some of you might go, well, I've walked with the Lord for years and years and years. You didn't just tell me anything. My question is, how many people have we brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus this week? You know, we have all of these crazy You'll never find this statement like, yeah, we're here to reach the entire world. Yeah, we are. But can we just focus on the neighborhood next door? Because a lot of times we just like, we try to make it sound so magnanimous and we forget like there's, there's a neighborhood right next door of people that need Jesus. And if we don't reach the neighborhood next door and we're just focused on like, we're going to reach the whole world. I think we got our priorities out of, out of whack there. What practical things has God, Moses, when he had to part the Red Sea, the Lord asked him, what's in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, okay, lift up that rod. There's authority in that. What has God put in your hand for this moment? And don't rush through this moment to get to tomorrow. Ask God to ordain the moment you're in right now. That's a good word. Father, I ask you again just for a tremendous week, Lord, for your joy and for your Holy Spirit to flow through us in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Guys, we'll see you next week, love you guys. This is a good service, I felt the Lord. If you enjoyed today's message, I wanna encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.